I'm Brandon, I'm a shrink. I'm Derek, and I'm a drunk. And, and we're, we're here, here to, to get, get real about recovery. recovery. What's up? Welcome to The Shrink and the Drunk. Here's another episode on addiction and what fuels it and uh, recovery and what helps you overcome it. So um, today we are talking about how religion can actually feed addiction. Um, and it's an interesting topic if you look at it closely. Um, there's a lot of highly religious people who are very addicted. So being a religious person definitely does not um, safeguard you against addiction, correct? Absolutely. Um, and that's kind of what we want to talk about today is um, how sometimes it can actually do the exact opposite. How a lot of people might find religion helps a lot with their addiction, but how thousands and thousands of people also it negatively affects and makes their addiction worse. Yeah. So um, why would religion feed and fuel addiction? I think um, the, the one major piece to it is if, if, uh, if you feed shame, then you feed addiction. So I think we need to define shame a little bit. Shame is the feeling that you're flawed and unworthy of love. Um, it's a feeling that you're not good enough. And so when, when you're highly in a, in a highly rigid moral system and you start to struggle and you, you make mistakes, um, it can really feed a narrative of I'm not okay, there's something wrong with me, which can then lead to some disconnection um, like we talked about last week, disconnection from God, dis- disconnection from other people in our lives. And as that disconnection starts to happen, you go back to that substance of choice to feel okay about yourself and the cycle goes on and on. And so how does religion play into that? It's when the religion is so rigid um, and it says, look, you, you need to be perfect. You need to keep the commandments. You need to stay on the straight and narrow path um, and you better not deviate off or else, right? Or else you're a sinner or, or else you're not, you're not okay. And, and when, that, when that narrative is fed, then, the, then it, it sets up addiction nicely, right? Mm-hmm. Did you experience this at all, Derek? What was it like for you? Absolutely. Uh, and I see it a lot. I see it every day um, just working with, with people in addiction. Um, I think that what happens is you become – because God and spirituality is such an important part of – a healthy lifestyle, right? Right. And whether you're recognizing that or not, whether like you're like, okay, I believe in the God or I don't, but spirituality, everything outside of like the logical, you know, material world plays a big role like in, in, in recovery and in a healthy lifestyle. So when that, when your spirituality and your God or your higher power or your form of connection generates shame, when that's so closely connected to you're only good enough if you do this and this and this and this, then you're just, and you're an addict, that's just bound for a disaster. Yeah, I've heard it said that um, addiction is somebody's attempt, (coughs) is somebody's attempt to find God. And Mm -hmm. so, you know, if you're in a, in a rigid religious system where there's conditional love there, where a feeling of okayness is, is, is contingent upon something, then you then then you fall into that shame trap, which feeds the addiction, right? So, um, you know the, this this notion of perfectionism, you know, tr- striving to be perfect, 
um, that that fuels shame. You know, uh, trying to do good things in our life is is a good thing, right, Derek? Absolutely. Right. Yeah. Trying to be godlike and um, trying to be Christ-like or whatever we want to call it, um, that's a good thing, correct? Yeah, of course. Okay, it's a good thing on one condition. It's not a good thing if I'm operating from a, and I'm coming to it from a place of fear and shame. If I'm trying to be righteous and I'm trying to be, be uh, like a good enough person because I'm afraid that I'm not, then I'm actually going to fail because I'm human and I will fail. And then it'll just prove true to me that I'm not good enough, right? Mm-hmm. When I'm trying to be Christ-like and I'm coming to it from a place of love where I you know, I surrender and I have self-compassion. Um, I accept people with their flaws. I accept myself with my flaws. Um, I do the best that I possibly can, but I allow myself to make mistakes and I realize God loves me anyways. Um, I'm not feeding a, a shame narrative in any way, right? No. And I think a lot of religions would say, well, that's what we believe. We believe that um, there's an atonement there. There's a, a place for mistakes, and there's a place for repentance and surrender, right, uh, over to a God, and he can take those things from you, and he loves you anyways. And um, I think that's what a lot of religions do believe. They believe in grace, right? But the culture of the rigid moral system sends a different message. And that message is what? Well, and this is, uh, this is why I think it's so difficult is let's just say that you're an addict and you're going through the cycle of addiction over and over again. And um, in that cycle, the one thing, right? Because like the one thing you're always supposed to cling to is God. Right. Like, and so it's, but that is the very thing because it's, you're supposed to cling to God, but you're supposed to cling to what God is supposed to be doing for you. And God is supposed to be picking up all the pieces that you can't, right? The whole narrative in AA is a a power greater than yourself. Well, if every time you, the thing that you're grasping onto, so if I'm struggling, if if I continue to drink or if I'm using drugs or if I'm a sex addict and then when things get really bad, I cling to God. But that thing is the most destructive thing in my life. Yeah. It's, it's not that God is the most destructive thing or the religion. It's my relationship with it has been that way. So the only way to actually correct that is to blow up your belief in that religion yes. and your and your belief in God. That doesn't mean blow up God. That doesn't mean blow up the religion. It means... Maybe the best thing for you is to completely remove yourself from it and completely start and be open to building from because why the why the hell would you continue to go down a path if God is leading you to shame and your religion is re- leading you to shame? Why would you consistently grasp on because that you should because it, you should because you should exactly because you should just fall into place and keep doing what you're doing and trying harder to be perfect. Yeah. Right. And and as you try harder and harder and harder, you continue to just build up that shame over and over and over again. I, I do an assignment with my guys in my groups, and the assignment's called Fire Your God. And it's what it is is we go through this whole system. We look at their life and we say, Okay, what is God to you? Well, God's loving, but he loves me if I, you know, I'll be blessed if I, you know, pay enough tithing, if I 
if I uh, don't ever masturbate, if I, you know, like th- these very rules are in place in order for God to really show up in a positive way in their life. And it sets them up uh, on both ends of it. When they do good and then good blessings don't come, they're kind of like, what the heck? God, I thought you promised me if I was going to do good, then how come I got a crappy job and a stressful home life? What the heck? Um, But it also sets up the other side of things, which is if I do bad, then I expect God to punish me. I expect God to come down on me and and want me to suffer for my for my sins. Now, I believe in accountability and consequence for our actions and for what we do. I think it's obvious to me that if you do something there's a consequence, right? Mm-hmm. Um but what I don't believe, and this is just my personal belief, and this is from doing therapy for years and years, I don't believe God is up there watching us, waiting to spite us down when we struggle and make mistakes. I think that God is up there saying, when you struggle and when you're suffering and when you're really in a challenging place, you know what? I am right here. I love you now as much as I ever have. I'm going to bless you now as much as I ever have. And because I've seen addicts and in the darkest of places, and that's where they find God. And that's when, when they realize, oh my gosh, like I am truly loved as I am right now unconditionally. But they won't get there unless they challenge the way that they're, they're, they're viewing this God, right? Exactly. Like what you yeah. were saying. Well, and it's beyond because humility will lead you to God, right? It'll lead you to something greater than yourself. Right. Because when you hit such rock bottom... The, you grasp for something, right? And usually you'll grasp for God. And that's why when you're humble, you can find God, right? But right. The, but when you are finding that, because you're right, what you're saying is it's even more than that. You have to not only just have humility, but you also have to be willing to blow, to completely challenge and think about your God and what that looks like different. I think that that's what... I've seen addicts get to the low of lows, but I've also seen them completely unwilling to ever detach from a God of shame, a God of shame. And it's like, and then I start to think, are they addicted to, are we addicted to the pain? Like, do we want the shame? Right. You know, or something like that, because why are we, why, why would I be suicidal? Why would I be addicted, re- ready to, to kill myself, right. addicted, totally at the point of humility, but I won't blow that one thing up. I won't drop the religion, the God. And I'm not saying forever, who knows what that looks like in the future, but for right now, like, why would you hang on to that shit? Right. I, I just don't, I don't... We're not saying leave your religion, but we're definitely saying maybe challenge the way that you, you see God. I'm saying sometimes you know? it might be best to leave your religion. Yeah. Uh, if, if Because I'm saying you got to be willing to blow it up. I, now, I know that people are like, oh my gosh, that's out of control. Right, right, right. That he would say... I'm not saying that go and leave your religion. I'm saying if... You've been on that. If that religion is creating, then then just leave it for a time, blow it up for a time. Because if you've been trying it for ten fucking years, then maybe it's time to do something else. Right? You know, that's 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 what I'm saying. And so, just the willingness to take a look at that and to think outside the box and to to leave that at least for a moment. But but if I'm raised a certain way, where it's like this is the way You, you follow this religion, you you follow it faithfully. That's the way back to heaven. Um, and, and there's there's fear there that says if you if you leave or if you challenge this religion then you're gonna go to hell um, it, or, or or if you really go outside of this here then then you're in some danger 
some bad things are going to come into your life. There's a lot of fear there. And it takes courage to blow it up the way that you're saying, Derek. It takes courage to say, okay, I'm going to actually challenge some things. But look at the fruits of your life. Look at the consequences. Are you really finding happiness living in a rigid belief system um, that's creating more and more shame? I actually believe that 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 is the religion of Satan that creates shame and fear, right? Um, because that's what will strap you down and keep you stuck. So I, I think challenging everything is a good idea. And finding a God or a higher power that loves you no matter what um, and figuring out how to find that higher power, that higher power is not your dad. You know, we look at God the same way we look at our own dad. Um, it's not your dad. Um, that higher power is something different, and it's personal to you. And your relationship with, with your higher power is between you and your higher power, right? Mm. I, I want to come back to something you said. You talk about humility. Isn't, if I, I know we're getting into almost some theology here a little bit, but if I, <coughs> um, if I try to be perfect, if I, if I have these, this moral system and I try to be perfect and I try to prove myself to God and show God that I'm good enough, aren't I acting from a place of either fear, shame, or pride? Aren't I like showing up to God and saying like, look at me, look at me, look at me, right? Yeah. That to me isn't humility. Striving perf- for perfection from a place of I want to be good enough I don't think is real humility. I believe real humility is actually understanding who I am and being humble enough to follow God's will for me in my life, you know, and whatever that is. And it's humility isn't insecurity. Yeah. But, but somehow we think that I think humility is so misunderstood. No, it's so misunderstood, right? Like it's always seen as weak, it's not confident, right? Like it, right. it's, but if you really look at, I think you put it perfectly. Humility, the definition of at least that I've come to understand is it's you see yourself as you are. Yeah. And that you accept who you are. Yeah, so, so a, a humble person, I think, is connected to God, but also confident mm. and, and, and not, not weak. And you know, and another thing that's really misunderstood, and I think, with addiction, it, it definitely plays into it, is faith. Um, we, we believe in this, this blind faith or this, this faith of, you know, if you, if you define faith as, as believing in something that you can't see, yet we say, okay, when I'm righteous enough, then I better not have addiction in my life. When I'm good enough, then I better have enough money. That's not faith. When, when I act from a place like that, I'm saying, God... I know what's going to happen. I expect this blessing. And so you better give that to me when it happens. To me, that's not actual faith. And if not, I'm going to be pissed. And if not, I'm going to be pissed. I'm going to hate you. (laughs) and Right. Where where to me, what the 12 steps um, really does a great job of of defining faith and, and, and showing what it really is in step three. Turn your will and your life over to the care of God. Faith is acting in God's, uh, aligning yourself with God, God's will, acting in that purpose, and then surrendering the outcome. Yeah. Um, you may get a bunch of money if you're righteous. You may get a bunch of poverty, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, but but it's, that, it's that surrender piece that I think is really important because if we can't let go and we're trying to control out of fear, then we're back in that shame cycle again, yeah. right? 
another I just kind of shifting gears. I, I this topic's awesome. We we could talk about this forever. Um is just talking about the place that religion has in recovery. And not just religion, but institutions, organizations. Um and from a place the, the kind of the way I want to look at it from is um because I think what happens a lot of the time in recovery is like you, you, you're, you're searching for an identity, right? You're searching for like something like you need structure. So organizations and religions and institutions are awesome because it's like a, it's a it's set up for you. You plug in. It helps you like serve. You connect with people. There's a lot of things involved, right? But one thing I think that happens a lot is the realization that you've eventually got to transcend, not abandon that institution or that religion or or that organization but understand that there's principles that are involved in those and those are the saving recovery principles that are actually working not the institution itself not the institution itself and so to become to 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 become so immersed and so close-minded to the fact that the only way that this can happen is because of this, or you're giving all the credit to this institutional organization. It's it's scary because if something happens in that, it needs to eventually become your own. You need to eventually not not in a prideful way, not in a prideful but, way. But you've got to understand that those are broken into principles. You we've mentioned some of them: humility, faith, service, yes, right. right? Like connection, love, with people, all yeah. love, all those things. And you can fill those in those organizations. But if you're just relating all of the success and all of the growth to those organizations, your identity becomes that. And then you lose. To AA. It, to exactly. Your, and, your, and, and what happens when you get offended? What happens when in your home group, someone offends you and you stop going? Then what? Yeah, right. right. You know what I'm saying? Or what happens if at church I'm your pastor you? says something right. crazy or stupid or whatever, or, or right? just even a higher level of thinking? You know, even if nothing like that does happen, you, I think it's important to eventually make those your own and to to learn where those are coming from. So then you can apply them in whatever situation. So when something does happen, you understand the real principles that are that are occurring. Absolutely, that, you know? I, I love that, Derek. Um, and it's not th- it, you're, what we're not saying is you go in there and you think, oh, well, I'm better than this organization and everybody in it. So no, 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 that's not what you're, sa- you're saying at all. What you're saying is, you know, I, I say this all the time to guys that go to 12 step. I'll say, you know, stick in there because it's uncomfortable and maybe a little weird at first. Um, but also shop around like you might go to one 12 step group and it just doesn't resonate for you. Um, find one that really sticks where you feel those principles of love, humility, service, connection, right? And and and, uh, and if you're going to 12-step, like let's say that your wife is cracking the whip and getting you to go and you hate going and you resent all the guys there and why do you got to be there too, then don't go. Yeah. Go if you're actually learning those principles that you're talking about, right? Yeah. And uh I agree with you. I think the institutions can get way too. It's a double. It's a double-edged sword because well, I th- in the beginning it's great. I think that there's a time and place so for important. To, to be your identity, and I even think forever. Like I want to be going to AA, and I have like religion be a part of my life, like forever in some regard, right? right. But it's like your relationship with it should be different. You eventually should get, but there was a time where without it, I would have been screwed, you know, but I, I'm just saying like, you've got to eventually see things as they are because things are going to come along that challenge those institutions. And so you need to have a greater depth. Of well, understanding I think ultimately what you're saying is that your relationship to God 
is, and I'm not, I'm not trying to start a new religion or preach here in any way. I but, thought you were. <laughs> I, I would join. If Brandon started a religion. Yeah, well, check out my board. website. No, I'm 80% just kidding. tithing. I'm starting a cult here. <laughs> um, but I think that, that your relationship to God is personal, and it's between you and God, and it's not between you, some organization, or some, some, some middleman, and then God. Right, yeah. and 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 so if your relationship to God is there, then you're going to feel those principles of of peace and love and joy and and acceptance and and those those things. But that's between you and God, right? And and if you go to get it just from the organization, then you're setting yourself up, mm-hmm. right? Yep. But I do want to reiterate that uh, <coughs> the the this idea that that these organizations are important. I. I think that a lot of um, churches and 12 steps and things like that, they do so much good just because they provide structure and they provide a platform where people get together, they socialize, they support each other. I think that's awesome, right? I think where it becomes problematic is when the narrative in those groups become about being righteous enough and, 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 and collectively they start trying to be more perfect together, right? Mm-hmm. As opposed to coming together and sharing their struggles and surrendering things to each other and 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 feeling connection to God that way. So, all right. Anything else, Derek? Great episode. I, I reiterate the same thing. Like th- this is we have discussions about this all the time. You know, yep. you and I, and it does play such a big role um, in people's recoveries, especially coming from a place in Utah where. It is so heavily, you know, religion driven, you know, a lot of the LDS culture. And I think that we could both say that there's been a ton of benefits that have come from that. But there's also been like some really valuable lessons learned from on the other end of things where there's a lot of things that can be fixed. And there's a lot of things that and and that's mainly about us, like as addicts or as people, you know, regardless of whether you're involved in like full addiction or not, taking a look at why we're doing things like what what our religion What's the whole goal of it to lead us to God, to get us a better relationship with God? And how much shame, you know, how much shame and how much guilt are we feeling? And if we are challenging some of those things and, and overcoming some of those things and making it a connection to God, a true vessel to God, you know, because that, like you said, that's the end result. And if you're not, I know so many people that are super religious, that are awesome people that haven't connected a day in their life to God. They've never really felt connection to God. And that's, that's sad. Yeah, I mean, you know what I mean? Like, what what's the years, an entire lifetime spent of trying to connect to God through, and you end up just worship, worshiping the religion. Well, and you know, my my personal experience, both both in my own life and seeing my clients day in and day out, the reality is is that uh, grace is real, that God is there, that God is loving, and and right there waiting for you. Um, to take on your pain, to hold your pain, uh, and and to help you heal, and it, I see people struggle to get there, struggle because they because they they want to control it, um, they 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 don't know what real faith is, um, they don't have the humility that they're practicing is actually shame, and and it's you know when they do get there though healing takes place, and I've seen it over and over again, so. All right, you guys. Thanks for uh, joining us today. Um, We really, really could use reviews on our podcast um, just to get get us started. So 
If you're listening, why don't you be the first person to leave us an awesome review and uh, tell us what you think about our episodes, and that way we can get the message out there to more and more people. And that's it. Have a great day, guys. We'll see you.